the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Let's start, Mr. Chairman, with that, because... um what the left did when they, when they, uh, you know, when you voted to create this, obviously this select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government against the people, uh, against uh, uh, parents, against uh, uh, voters, and 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 beyond. They said they called this a ploy, and that was what you were responding to there. Yeah. Um, some are calling this revenge. This is revenge for Donald Trump, for everything that has been done to Donald Trump. And you want to target the Department of Justice with this select subcommittee on weaponization because that Department of Justice is about to indict Donald Trump, and they're going to hold him accountable, and so you're going to try to cut the legs out from underneath them. Please give us your response to those Democrats. No, it's just not true. Uh, this is driven by, uh, I'll give you three quick examples. The uh, Department of Justice targeted parents, treated them as terrorists uh, for simply going to school board meetings and speaking up for their sons or daughters. The FBI paid Twitter $3 million to censor conservatives. I mean, they were paying a private tech firm to, to limit what the American people could see. And then, of course, the Department of Homeland Security tried to set up was going to set up, but for people like you and others around the country saying this is crazy, that we're trying to set up a disinformation governance board because, you you know, the the left thinks that some government agency should decide what's allowed to be said and what's not allowed to be said. That's not what the First Amendment is about. So that's those are the – and then, of course, on top of all that, dozens, dozens of FBI agents have come to us as whistleblowers and told us what's going on in the FBI. So that's why we're doing this. And then if you step back, finally, the last piece is just American. The American people have common sense. So if you got common sense, you step back and look and ask yourself, is there a double standard? Did they treat Hillary Clinton's classified document issue different than they treated President Trump's? Are they treating Joe Biden's classified uh, document issue that we just learned of two days ago? Are they treating it different than President Trump's? So when you step back and look at the double standard, that's what we that's what we want to get to the bottom of, get all the facts on the table so we can stop it from happening in the future. Yeah, and it is extraordinarily important for all of the reasons uh, that you just uh, outlined, and that, of course, is why they oppose it so vehemently, because they cannot have uh, the truth exposed about double standards and and, and so on. So um, the Weaponization Subcommittee is extraordinarily important, as is the Judiciary Committee itself. Now, I've asked you uh, since you know the midterms, and we found out, even though it's not the size of majority that we wanted, it is going to be a majority, and you were yeah. going to elevate eventually to the Judiciary Chair. Um, I asked you what you can get done, and and I'm going to ask you again with a little bit of a challenge here, and it's not from me, but I had a guest on last week who admires you, uh, and we were talking about the direction, uh, you know, with the with the Republican controlled Congress, and he said Jim Jordan thinks he's going to be able to go in there uh, with investigative power, subpoena power, and oversight power, and all of this stuff, and roll up his sleeves and get all of these people held accountable. And at the end of the day, he's not going to be able to do anything. That the 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 deck is so stacked against you, even though you have the majority in this in this uh, Congress that the deck is so stacked against you, you're not going to be able to hold the people accountable that need to be enough to make changes in the way these things are done. 
So I told him, you know, I said, you know what? I hope you're wrong. I said to my guest, but I'll ask him about it. What is your level of optimism that, you know, your your goals, which are admirable and ambitious, are achievable, Congressman? Well, to the extent that anyone may have done something that's that, that's criminal, uh, you know, violate some some statute or something, then then that obviously obviously has to be done by the Justice Department itself. So that we we can't prosecute anyone. We're not saying we're going to or we need to. All we're saying is we want to get the facts. Um, but yeah, we do anticipate that there'll be pushback from the administration. It'll be tough to get the information we want. But the, the I think the one thing we we look at that I think can be really helpful is the fact that we've had dozens of whistleblowers come forward. So we're going to start with those individuals, get their full story, hopefully get many of those uh, individuals willing to um, be deposed, give it to us under oath. That'll, that'll help us get more information when we can then go talk to other folks, ask for other documents. And, and so that's how you do these, these investigations, and that, that's, what we, uh, that's, what, that's how we plan to operate. So, yeah, we know it's not going to be easy, <clears throat> but I always point out, you know this, Bob. Uh, tell me something worthwhile in life that's ever easy. It's just that just that's just the way the good Lord made it. So we will do our due diligence. We will work as hard as we can, but um, we we know there's going to be all kinds of pushback. And then in the end, I do anticipate um, what we learn. We will make recommendations for changes to the law, changes to 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 how things operate at the Justice Department, and the FBI. I do anticipate that. That's after all, that's our job. We're legislators. So I anticipate getting to that point, too, but we got to go through the investigation first before we can decide and, and, and determine what needs to be changed. Last question, Congressman uh, and Mr. Chairman, on the weaponization uh, subcommittee and some of the things you just talked about. You know, we have seen evidence of the FBI colluding with big tech. We've seen evidence of the White House colluding with big tech, telling them what they want up and what they don't want up. Uh, the latest Twitter files drop, and uh, Alex Berenson reported on this yesterday in a massive Twitter thread yep. and a Substack article, is that Big Pharma, uh, Pfizer, the company, of course, that the federal government is paying billions upon billions of dollars to to provide these shots for America. Uh, that they that they demanded and mandated, quite frankly, Pfizer yeah. also was part of the collusion. They were working with the White House and with big tech and Twitter, pre-Elon Musk Twitter, telling them, when you get people like uh, Dr. Brett Giroir questioning the, the effectiveness of the shots and declaring that natural immunity is far superior to our mRNA vac- vaccine immunity, uh, you know, uh, we need you to we need you to take that stuff down. And Twitter dutifully complied. How dangerous yeah. is that? Very big tech, big government, big pharma colluding to keep information from the American people. That's not what you want either. So th- th- this is scary. And, and think of the specific example. You had Dr. Gottlieb, who used to work in the government, uh, working for then leaving and working for uh, big pharma, working for Pfizer, contacting Twitter and saying, uh, "Hey, the, what what the former." Uh, number two at HHS, Dr. Giroir was saying about natural immunity. We need to we need to suppress that. That's scary stuff. Like what what are you talking, about? Dr. Giroir? We've had him testify numerous times. Skilled, I mean, amazing individual. Uh, uh, and and he's saying what, frankly, I think all of us know. Their natural immunity is a, is a once you have it, that's a good thing. Uh, so, but 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 you have the guy from Pfizer saying what, we want to suppress that, downplay that. Uh, is there some financial interest there? Sure, it appears to be so. Is well, that the motivation for his making that statement? Is, is that his motivation? Sure, sure, looks like it could be. So th- that is a that is a problem. Um, again, the American people are smart. They see 
see how this has been has, how, how this has played out the last two years, and that's why we're again that's one of the many reasons why this committee has been formed and why we are going to vigorously, aggressively, in a way that's consistent with the Constitution, though, do our work. You know, it's just so important to point this out. First of all, Twitter, when they passed that request from Gottlieb around, they didn't refer to him as what he is now, which is a Pfizer director who has a serious yeah. financial stake in this. They referred to him as former FDA head, uh, Dr. Yeah. Scott Gottlieb. So they tried to, to establish his, his creds, you know, his credentials in that way. And, and just, just to underscore this, the, the official start date of COVID, you know, as we understand it was around March of 2020. This all happened in August of 2021. Millions upon millions upon millions of Americans had already been infected and would thus already have the natural immunity that Dr. Jawa wanted everybody to know was far superior by, quote, a lot to any one of these mRNA vaccines, which by that time we knew did not prevent infection anyway. But um, (laughs) so so millions. And what does that mean? That means that millions and millions of people weren't going to get first shots, second shots, third shots, fourth boosters and so forth from Pfizer. So it was going to cost them billions for Jawa to be able to tell people that and that's why they silenced it, and that's that's. And you just... got to look at. No, well said. And, and, and the broader context is this is this is it, 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 you know uh, including all the other things they said that were not accurate. I mean, we, they said you know eco health. Well, it wasn't our tax dollars that went to the to the to the uh, to the lab in China. Yes, it was. It was a gain of function research. Yes, it, it sure looks like it was. Didn't it? the lab didn't it, it didn't come from the lab? Well, it sure looks like that 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 happened as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The lab wasn't up to code over there. I mean, unbel- EcoHealth didn't comply with their grant requirements. They knew all these facts and never told us any of that, but just kept pushing their narrative, and uh, including all the way to what we just described here with Dr. Gottlieb, pushing the narrative that you still need to get the shots, even if you've already had COVID and developed natural Representative Jim Jordan is our guest. He's now the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Last time we spoke last week, the fight was still going on. Uh, now that it's over, Congressman Jordan, what kind of speaker will Mr. McCarthy be while wearing what Matt Gates described as a, uh, I forgot the adjective he used to describe the straitjacket, something about an incredibly structured or constructed straitjacket. But with all of the concessions he made, what kind of speaker can and will he be? Well, I think, first of all, I think it would be a good speaker. Uh, the um, um, Even the rules concessions and those, remember, those were designed. I mean, I said this Sunday, uh, the, the rules package is designed to to help us stop that that crazy $1.7 trillion monstrosity of a piece of legislation that passed, what, 17, 18 days ago. Uh, that's what that's what those the rules package is designed to do. Uh, I, I think Leader McCarthy has done when I think about Republican leaders that that I've been worked with here in, in Congress, no one has reached out to the conservatives and empowered more conservatives in the conference. And frankly, worked with the entire conference, all the Republicans, like you're supposed to in the legislative body. No one has done it better than than, than uh, Speaker McCarthy. So I do think we can get the things done we need to, even in the environment we're in, where the Senate is controlled by the Democrats and Joe Biden's going to be, I think. Uh, I guess if I say it nice, reluctant to go along with this, the, the the changes that we want to make that we think are good for the country. But I do think Leader McCarthy is going to be a good speaker and be able to uh, continue to bring our team together to focus on what what we told the country we were going to do. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I, I want to ask you, and please allow me a moment of cynicism. Um, it, it's it won't last forever, but just, I have to ask it this way. Why would Mr. McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, now? Um, why would he see these as concessions? 
Why wouldn't these be things he completely endorsed and agreed with from the beginning? Why would he why would he not automatically like long before we had a stalemate and we had these 20 holdouts, why wouldn't he be for establishing uh single single issue uh ballots? Uh why wouldn't he be for uh you know uh, having a vote on term limits? Why wouldn't he be for uh you know 72 hours to read a bill before it can be voted upon? All of these things that have been termed concessions, did he have to give in in order to get the speakership? Why wouldn't those have already been just yeah this is what we believe in as yeah. conservatives no i think i think uh you know you're right we all we all do believe in these things we all want to get a vote on these things i think yeah, uh, uh speaker mccarthy does as well uh I, I think sometimes when you're stepping into it to a new job you want uh you want as much flexibility as possible because there you know maybe he's thinking there may be a time where you where you you have to push something quick and you don't want to have the full 72 hours you want to be able to go there uh, i get all that but i do think the structure and the and the rules which give us the discipline uh, to do things in, in a way I think that's advantageous for the country. I think it's all good, but it could have been just, just that, that, that basic. Uh, what I do know is we have the package. We have, uh, uh, Speaker McCarthy in place. I think he's going to do a great job and, um, we're going to, we're going to work together now. And here's the bottom line. We got a four seat majority. You have to work together. Someone asked me, like, do you really think you're going to work together? I said, we're going to work together because we have to work together. There's no other way to get anything done. Uh, so, uh, I think we all understand that. It's something I've been talking about for a long time. Like whatever difference, I said this on the House floor, whatever differences exist between, um, I think I used my, my colleague from our own state there, uh, differences between Jordan and Joyce pale in comparison between the differences in, in Republicans and the left, which now controls the Democrat Party. So let's just understand that, guys, and let's figure out how we can stick together to do the things that are good for the country, good for families, and address the problems that have all been created in the last few years. We're talking to a chairman of the uh, Judiciary Committee in the United States House of Representatives, Jim Jordan. So Speaker McCarthy promised the first vote would be to defund the 87,000 IRS agents. It was done. That's a great thing. Biden immediately said, don't even bother. Even if this somehow got through the Senate, I'm going to veto this. Is there any way to stop it? Well, in the end, the way to stop it is uh, on the appropriations process. So uh, when we go through, I always point out, and I know you know this and your listeners know this, but it's I think it's always important to kind of go back to the basics here. The founders wanted the House of Representatives to be the body closest to the people. And that's why every two years, you know, voters get a chance to throw us all out. That's a good, healthy thing. And they also wanted that body, if there was going to be one of the separate and equal branches of government that was a little more equal, it was supposed to be the legislature, and it was supposed to be the House, the body closest to the people. And that's why they said that's the body. The one that has to go in front of the people every two years, that's the body where spending and tax bills have to start. So that's the body that ultimately has the most say on how we spend the people's money. So in the end, if we're going to be able to make real change, it's going to be on the appropriations process. And we, we, it's important we develop a whole new strategy on how we deal with that, pass all 12 bills, and then say to the Senate, we're not going to, we're not going to wait on you to send us some big $1.7 trillion monstrosity of a bill. Um, you deal with our bills individually, and then we'll have the debate that we have. We'll go back and we'll have conferences like you're supposed to. And in the end, if we can't get anything, then I'm willing to just spend what we're spending right now because I know that will save us money. That would be the biggest savings we've ever seen if instead of increasing government spending like we always do, we spend what we're spending at, at, at current level. So I think that's the strategy that we're going to put in place, um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, uh, it does, uh, and and they won't like that one bit. Uh, a couple more no, quickies, Congressman uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. 
you you drew some heat this week uh, and and last week. I can't remember when all of your speeches have been, and you draw heat all the time every day because you're an effective leader. Uh, but this particular time, uh, you talked about cuts, spending cuts. You talked about cuts to defense spending and said that must be on the table. Uh, in fact, you said everything has to be on the table, which, of course, led people to the entitlement programs that are the biggest drains uh, on the, uh, well, not you couldn't call them drains, uh, but the biggest, uh, most most uh, costly uh, parts of, of, uh, of, our, of our budget. Uh, and then, of course, Social Security and Medicare. So when people say, whoa, 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 you're talking about cuts to everything being on the table, you can't make us weaker militarily and you can't take away entitlements. Can you explain that? Well, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't do anything to take away from Social Security. I mean, that's a, that's a promise that, that the government's made to its citizens. It's your money. <laughs> it's not the government's money, for goodness sake. It's one thing that people around this place should remember. It's the people's money. And, and so, so you, you don't want to – no way do you want to cut anything in Social Security uh, – but when it comes to all the other discretionary spending we have, for goodness sake, Bob, we got a thirty-some trillion dollar debt. The interest payment this year to service that debt is going to be like five hundred, six hundred billion dollars. So when you're spending as much on 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 interest payment as we all, almost as much as we spend on on national defense, like something, we, we got to look at everything. And what I've said is maybe if we got our general officer uh, ratio uh, ratio of general officers to enlisted back where it needs to be so you don't have so many so many uh you know generals and 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 then and, 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 and uh, compared to the number of, of, of infantry enlisted folks uh and maybe if we got rid of all the woke stuff we'd have enough money to make sure we could give our troops a pay raise we could have the weapon systems we need and all i'm saying is you got to put it you got to look at all of that when you got when you got a situation like we now have because if you don't and you have to start borrowing more and more and then you get in this downward spiral where the, the interest payments just keep increasing. You can't get out of it. And that, that's when really bad things happen economically and to people's savings and everything else. So let's start, let's start turning this around in the right direction and showing that we're making some progress. That'll help our economy in a big way. Well, five hundred to six hundred billion dollars in interest payments to service that service that debt just this year. Now you know why they want eighty seven thousand more IRS agents to squeeze every single cent of all of that out of the American people and not just yeah. America's wealthiest. We know that it doesn't take yeah. eighty seven thousand people to to talk to two hundred billionaires. Um, and last one for you, Congressman. How important is this new select committee on China, and why do you think, and I know it overwhelmingly passed uh, uh, on a bipartisan yeah. basis, but still 65 Democrats said, no, leave China alone. How on <laughs> earth can anybody make it, you know, justify such yeah. a thing? I mean, this is a, clearly our, our most grave threat militarily, economically, geopolitically. There's no question about yeah. it. Um, what do you expect that this select committee can get done? Well, I think, I think, first of all, educating the country on just how serious it is that you've got to be part of it. Um, I think the country has figured out that we had a president in President Trump who stood up to China. We have a president now who, who doesn't seem to. Uh, I think there's weakness projected from this administration. But we know China doesn't adhere to international trade dorms. We know they're trying to spy on us. This whole TikTok issue is, is, is I think, big. Uh, we, we know they steal intellectual property from, from our, our companies, our business owners, our entrepreneurs. Uh, so there are all kinds of bad things they do. And remember, it wasn't that long ago, you know, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when we were saying, oh, bring China into the mainstream, let them, let them participate in all the, the, the big economic forums and everything else, and they will, they will move our direction when it comes to freedom and, and democracy, uh, and that hasn't happened. They've grown, they've become an economic power, but they're just as communist, just as anti-freedom as, as they were uh, 30 years ago. So I think it's a change in the mindset. It started with President Trump. 
uh, but you're seeing it with House Republicans as well, and that's why there's a committee focused on making sure the whole country understands just how serious this problem is and then what we can do to combat it. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.